Breaker, breaker, one, two. Shafe, you got your ears on? Come on, back. Um, but yeah, it was like late 90s. Spice Girls was big. Like I know a lot of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC songs because of working at DJI Fridays. And uh, I don't know, we had some people come by. Creed came to the restaurant. Tim Duncan hit on my wife. Or she was my wife. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. She had all the adventures, really. Night falls over the Texas Hill Country. The crickets are murmuring off Matthew's back porch. The long-set sun no longer even blooming through the trees for time change is upon us. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that later. I don't know. You never know what might be ahead, but you do know there's probably going to be a Matthew. Have you ever wondered? There's probably going to be a news cruise. You know, there's probably going to be, well, there better be a poem. This being a poetry podcast as my friend Matthew is fond of saying. He's fond of saying a lot of things that guy, the pride of Tarzana, California the Martinique Mystiqueur and the Mozambique Magnifiqueur. Please welcome him. Podcast downloads Take me home To the place Where I belong North Central Austin Shafey Mama Take me home, podcast downloads. Episode 150. Episode 154 of One Magical Hour, Matthew and Shaver Podcast, Pachanga. I forgot to say that. I'm going to start it off with bad news Mm. because I feel like then we can only go up from there. That's good. I like that. Um, My good friend Travis Jones. His father, Dale Jones, passed away this last week. Suddenly, um, he had just turned 80. Travis lives in Nashville. His folks had just been out there visiting for like a week. And he'd been back in Lubbock and he was having some chest pains. Went in, got the stints. They sent him home. They said, you're all, you're good to go. A couple days went by at home and, uh, he had dinner, settled in for Monday night football, and I guess he had a massive heart attack or stroke. Went right away. Travis's mom said she heard him um, just maybe gasping in the other room. And by the time she got there, he's unresponsive and no pulse. And I, this is Dale Jones of Lubbock, Texas. I never met him. I've known Travis for years, but I never met his dad by all accounts great dude travis the the services in lubbock at 2 p.m on saturday i'm probably not going to make it to lubbock i have some softball related responsibilities uh, here this weekend but um i just wanted to uh, raise a toast to dale jones and travis said look if you just i know you didn't know him but if you just have a drink and listen to some john denver uh, my dad was a huge fan, and he would appreciate that. Travis said that John Denver went to Texas Tech, but I was not finding that in he the did, article. Yeah. Okay, 
Okay. Heard that. You've heard that before. Yeah. I knew that there was some kind of, I knew Lubbock loved John Denver. He matriculated at the same time as Jameson's dad, I think. Is that right? And well, I think Dale was also in school at the same time. I think he was kind of remembered as like, yeah, the annoying guy who always showed up at his with his guitar at every party and wanted to play songs for everyone. Like, is that right? Was... What I mean, what did you know about John Denver? It's funny you say that because I was just reading his wiki page and he was an army brat and got moved around a lot. He was born in Roswell, New Mexico. But this this is interesting. What the what the wiki said describing it as everybody thinking he was kind of weird. Constantly being the new kid was troubling for the introverted Denver, and he grew up always feeling as though he should be somewhere else, but never knowing where the right place was. Uh, interesting. It was certainly one love of Texas, but it was for Dale Jones. And anyway, here's the Dale. Here's to Dale Jones, rest in peace. Love you, Trav. Something I know about John Denver is that he wrote all of his songs in a major key. Never used a minor is key. Is that right? Is that why they're all so sunny? Yes, that's why they, huh. they're about sunshine, but it's, they feel sunshiny. It's funny because Isabel's been listening to Nirvana. A lot of minor keys. Yeah. A lot of back and forth. Uh, major, minor. But, but lots of interesting, like, dissonant melodies. They're great. They're so great. It, like Isabel just humming "Come as you are" on the way to school. It's I don't know I There's love it. There's some pretty heavy lyrics on that. Record. I told Did you guys. I, I, well, I mean, we didn't look. She's on the Spotify. She's at the. No, middle, I know. She's I'm, at I'm the middle school. Definitely like, not judging. I'm just yeah. wondering, like, does it come up? Do you guys discuss it? Or? Um, I have started talking about what some rock and roll songs are about. Uh, she did. We talk about this in the podcast. I don't think we did. Uh, she said she had this red hot chili pepper song stuck in her head. And I was like, which one? She was like under the bridge. And I was like, yeah, that's a great song. You know what that's about, right? And she's like, oh, no. I'm like, well, that's about heroin and, and addiction. She's like, heroin, isn't that a female superhero? <laughs> and so we talked a little bit about that. And I'm tr we're trying to keep it mostly pretty open. You know, yeah, good. I think better that's what than, it should be. I, yeah, more than like, my family. There's some like, just but as you were telling that story, like there are some near Nirvana lyrics that I feel like I would have trouble talking about with you. you okay. Know, much less okay. Well, a child. You know, I told, I mean, it's out there. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the mode of they're gonna see it all. They're yeah. on the verge of seeing it all, yeah, hearing it all. We can talk about anything. Yeah. Um, let them find it on their own. But I told her, I said, uh, I, I, I thought you'd be about 13 yeah. Or 14 before you discovered Nirvana. Yeah. And she was like, oh, it's mostly for my friend Zoe. And I was like, that's cool. I mean, it's, you know, um, I mean, it was she's, like, are you, she's like, are you disappointed? And I'm like, no, it's I really am enjoying the fact that a lot of music from our generation is getting a lot of respect these days. I've seen a couple bands in the last couple of years that were like all kid bands you know, I don't know, 18 to 20 year olds and they're playing grunge. Mm -hmm. It's like a grunge band, you know, which is great. 
I, it was, uh, it's good music. The '90s had some some darn good music. Regarding, we just did a whole 150 uh, list about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're of the age. You know, we're kind of the new, the new boomers that are yeah. being nostalgic. The new boomers, you know, nostalgic about stuff. So. That's what this podcast is about: regret and the new boomers. A lot of we're in, we're in the target market for you know people with the most money to spend on nostalgia. You know, so is it because of my designer bifocals that you're saying that? <laughs> but I remember just it wasn't a year ago having a conversation with Isabel out here when she, you know, she was showing me guitar chords. Uh-huh. I think, you know, she had like a G and a D, and yeah. I was like, I showed her A. I was like, if you have those three chords, you can play pretty much any rock song ever recorded, you know. And she looked at me, she's like, why would I want to play a rock song? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, or whatever you're, right. you're into. Like, what, she, what, do you, what are you? And she's like, I'm in a Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, it was very. She's like, don't even come to me with that rock stuff. It was all very poppy just a year ago. But middle school changes. Middle school changes <laughs> sure. you. You know what she's I mean? She's all grown up now. <laughs> Had to leave childish pop behind. Embrace the harder edge stuff. Like John Denver. <laughs> Introduce her to some John Denver. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, man, I don't think I've ever been as ready to do a podcast as I am tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not uh, both note wise, da- gas our, in the tank wise. Our show sheet is jam packed. It's jam packed. We better get going. Uh, we better get. Going. I feel the same. It's funny, especially in comparison to last week. Oh, which, last week like, we were we were just talking. However, once again, listening back, it was that was a particularly good episode. It really was. So it we've just, gotten it good. Turns out that our our energy levels don't dictate the quality. Energy of levels might not dictate. We we've got a we, we've got a template. You know, yeah, we're we're, we're reproducing it, and so it's just like putting in the reps now. And it really doesn't matter whether we're ready or not. And I'm sure we'll look, listen back on this and we'll hear like the sunny, cheery, optimistic voices and be like, oh, that doesn't make a good podcast. No, it's better next time we'll meet low key we're totally morose like, and like worn out, exhausted, barely, dick in the dirt. Barely hanging on to our two, two or three things we have on our show. Sheet. That's what I was feeling last <laughs> week, for sure. For sure. You know what I wonder? I wonder when... We'll stop working on the podcast. On the podcast, when is when is that going to happen? Because, as Alex noted from the beginning, it's a show about the show. Yeah, and it definitely was at the beginning, but now it seems like it could not be. But I I don't know. It's like we reserved this time before the poem, this fifty odd minutes before the poem to just take care of some. Well, I mean, one of you know, it's you, just self reflexive. I one guess one of the right? ways. One of the things that we're almost guaranteed to have in common with our wrist listeners is whatever was discussed on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, now like, we got a stream. All going. of us, you know, would know us because we recorded it, them because they listened to it. All of us most recently touched base the last time they put the podcast in their ears. Uh, so. And, you know, you look for things to have in common with your audience, right? Yeah. Like, our audience likes the sound of our voices 
as do we. <laughs> that in common. Yeah. And the sound of crickets. And the sound of crickets. Um, you know, what you were just saying there totally goes right into, ties into, dovetails on what I think could be a new segment here. And I don't know, it was just something I was thinking about the other day. Like, um, the segment is, I'm workshopping the name, so don't hold me to this, but um, the, the segment is called Things I'd Like to, wait, I screwed it up. I screwed it up. Things I'd Like to Write a Book About. Things I would like to write a book about. And one of those is, I'd like to write a book about all the promises we've made on this podcast in previous episodes and haven't kept. There's so, just, if I could just, if I had the time, if I would set aside some time to write a book about this, I would like to write a book about, for instance, in the last episode, we were talking about Guinness in a can. We were going to do a taste test. Oh, uh, yeah. And of course, we haven't done that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to I'm going to make a note about that. That We should save that for maybe like our 200th episode. <laughs> we'll finally do an episode from the front page. That'd be the obvious place to do that. Does it have to be our 200th? No, it doesn't have okay, to be. Okay. Because it seems like to me, anytime we like look at the numerology of it, like we we are we're bad at at deciding which episode number is going to be a good show. <laughs> That's definitely true. <laughs> and it's always some random number that you never thought, oh, episode 87 was such a good show. Yeah. You never, you never thought 87 would be worth a shit. Did I, did I hit it a little too hard on that? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. L- let me just mention a couple other things that I'd like Trade to write a book about. Episode 87 now. I, I, I was, uh, <laughs> I wasn't, I don't, I don't know if that one was. That was a random selection. That was sort of a random selection. 87 but, was when avocados got perished, when avocados go perishing. Oh yeah, no, that was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would also like to write a book about the configurations, the construction and the history of Little League Baseball and softball fields, they're, they're all set up so slightly different. I, I wonder who like wrote the book on that and, and how that came to be. And just traveling around Austin, each one is, I mean, they have common threads. Chain link fence, mm-hmm. I guess, is one of them. But the way the bleachers are constructed and laid out i mean i guess it's all like site specific but sure it depends on how much room you have right yeah but you would think of you would think that there would be some standardization but there's not there they vary um and i don't i do you like prefer that the bleachers be a little further away from the no diamond or closer no you want the bleachers like right on top of the diamonds if you can and and i will say that some there's like a new style of bleachers that are just like prefab aluminum style that, mm-hmm. you, that you're familiar with. Those are not as good as like steel with planks. And then usually like the steel with the planks are a little like bigger and wider and they can be taller. The ones that are like aluminum are very like, it's kind of crowded. Mm-hmm. A, steel, a steel framework with, with, <laughs> with pressure treated planks is mm-hmm. like, it's a little more expansive. That's one difference. Good. Sometimes I see a little like nook that's for the scorer. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's like it's right be- that's like right behind the uh home plate usually, mm-hmm. just to the right or left. Sure. And, um nice comfortable little scores, Nick. Yeah, I don't know. You just you think about all the drama that plays out on these these amateur fields and uh it seems like you could write a halfway not so boring book about it. But I, I'm also the creator of this podcast so what do i know about halfway not so boring <laughs> <laughs> um another thing that i would like to write a book about all all the things that i like to about are like super i want the listener to think hmm would that make a good book <laughs> i'd like to write a book about how consumer goods are made to look tough but actually are not like at lowe's and home depot huh like, I don't know. I feel like especially Lowe's has all these goods. Like, uh, here's an example. The loppers, you know, it's like a hedge trimmer, but it's really, it's a small cutting surface and some long handles. So not a, not like a hedge trimmer, that just the lopper that is to cut little branches. Okay. Usually there's some kind of indication of how large of a branch you can cut with those loppers. And let me tell you something, those like that cobalt brand from Lowe's, if it says uh, an 18 millimeter branch is your max, you better not go over that. Oh yeah. Because let me tell you, you'll just bend the loppers. Yeah. The thing will totally skew and then they're, then they're worthless. And... Loppers get lopped. Yeah. Who lops the loppers? We've lived in this house for, I don't know, 10 years or whatever. And I've probably had four pair of loppers. And I'll do a ton of lopping, but like they just. In Soviet Union, loppers lop you. Just fall apart. (laughs) They just fall apart. Are are you making a comparison between Soviet made goods and late stage (laughs) rapacious capitalist made goods? Wrapping on loppers. I I don't mean to pick on Lowe's there. Because from like a a user experience perspective, it, it, it may be better than the Home Depot. Huh. Um, Is it way it's laid out better? Sometimes Home, so, Home Depots are laid out pretty confusingly. Oh man, and they're all so different. Like, yeah. why don't they standardize that? Every, every Home Depot in town is laid out a little differently. Yeah, that's true. Lowe's are that too, but Lowe's are just a little more like uh, they're more geared towards home improvement where. Home Depot caters more to contractors and professionals. A little bit. They they both try both. But I used to be so terrified of the hardware store of either of those places. Mm -hmm. I just there were so many things in there that I didn't understand, and every they're so big. Yeah, big box stores. You go in there, and it's it's just it's difficult to locate anything mm-hmm. if you don't know if you haven't been there a million times and the people helping you there and i apologize to all of our lowe's and home depot employee listener venn diagram uh coordination but um it's difficult to find somebody who actually knows where the things are in there too yeah so, if you can in fact find anyone at all if you can find anyone at all and uh when i used to go there for just to get stuff for like art projects and stuff. It was very intimidating, <laughs> but now my life is totally different. You know, like I'm, 
I hold dominion over those big box stores now. Yeah. You have you you haunt them regularly. I I do. I do that for my job. I'm I'm there like all the time. Like pretty much every pretty much <laughs> it's 4 to 5 days a week maybe I'm at the hardware store. Can I just quote something from Voltaire here? Right at the end of this segment. By all means. And I know people are like, oh, thank God, the end of this segment. Um, no Voltaire this weighed is, in on big box this, uh, this is, movement stores. This, no, it's, uh, he weighed in on podcasts. Ah. The more a man knows, the less he talks. Voltaire. I don't know. I put that on the show sheet because I thought that was relevant to our podcast. I don't think that's true at all, Voltaire. Voltaire. I, I understand what he's getting at, but I don't think it's true. You would hope not. You would hope that the people who know stuff aren't just like keeping it to themselves. I mean, they're just like super terse about everything. There's, you know, there's another famous quote, a little learning is a dangerous thing. You know, I feel like you have some people who think they're experts, you know, because they took a course on it in college or something and will you know, hold forth at, the, at a cocktail party. Those might be people who need to who need to keep quiet. Usually, you hear that sound. You know, do you feel? I feel like that the flight path this evening is just right over the house, and there's been like um, some low flying jets. Yeah, why is why is that? That's weird. I don't know. Maybe it's red dawn. Yeah. I feel like actually the Russians are busy. They're not invading Kansas. Jeff, the bartender, and I were talking about. Have you noticed an increase in Amber Alerts in the last few weeks? I feel like I've gotten more Amber Alerts in the last few weeks than I've gotten like all year before. Huh? No, I haven't noticed that. Hmm. But is that some kind of phenomenon where you once you're noticing something, you just that could be right. Start yeah. noticing sure. it. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe these low-flying planes are looking for all of these ambers out there. <laughs> Maybe so. I thought that they were um, fans of the cast and just kind of wanted to oh, just try to a get a flyby. Get, yeah, get, yeah. get a brief look. Like that guy on the train tracks. <laughs> I got some good news. for This is pre-promotion for a future show. You tell. And, I mean, tomorrow is not promised, so. But. I was playing disc golf with the wear possum. Yes. Did you hear that, Alex? I was playing disc golf with the wear possum. Van servicing right there. Ben Bays, my friend from college, a professor in the RTF department, the University of Texas at Austin. Former guest on this show. Uh, he he said, Are you still doing your podcast? And I was like, Yeah. And he said, I, I wanna come on your podcast and and I want to play D and D with you and Shafee on the podcast. And I was like, that sounds like an amazing special event on the podcast. Yeah. So we have to download an app and create a character on the app. Okay. Prior to that, I'm going to get that set up. Come over and do it in person. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll figure out a time for him to come meet us on the porch here. Great. And, there's no guarantee that's a, one magical hour that could go longer. Yeah. You need, you no, need, you need to clear your driving schedule. You might start a little earlier. That's definitely going to be a, 
that's going to be a magic hour or two or could three. Be, could be a couple hours for sure. It's but definitely, yeah. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm going to take him up on that because he's been in an adult game for the last maybe year and a half or so. Uh, a friend of his from Ben used to make video games. Um, he made Vex for the GameCube and he worked on, oh, what's there's a game for the oh, what was the Nintendo handheld thing from not too long ago? Switch? No. Like from 15 years ago. Oh. What was the small Nintendo handheld? Game Boy? No. There's been something there's been something since then. Between the- Oh man. Wait, Nintendo. Anyway, that sounds super awesome, that, that game that you're describing. Because a, a big part of D&D is finding the right game for you, you know? Well, he's been he's been playing with some professional nerds, basically. Yeah. And it sounds pretty it sounds like they're, amazing. I mean, you want to have, like, the you know, the right level of smart, the right level of funny, the right level of... DS. Yes. The Nintendo DS. He made some games for that. See, that was cool. That had like this stylus, you know? Everyone loves a stylus. I certainly do. Listen, I, lo- I love Nintendo. Stylus. You're, you're not a Nintendo guy, right? You, 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 you go ha- workshop. You... Stylus means pointy little piece of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't it have some kind of inner workings, conceivably? Conceivably, but most of them don't. Most of them are just... Just plastic. Just, just plastic. Um, you, you're not like a Nintendo console guy. You you you're like a PlayStation I, guy. Yeah, I've enjoyed Nintendo consoles in my life, though. Definitely. Did you have a GameCube? Didn't have a GameCube. Ben had a GameCube, and we played that uh, James Bond Goldeneye. Oh yeah, game. Classic. That game was great. James Bond Goldeneye was like that kind of was part of the first in the next generation of you know really kind of the golden era of video games. He is a gamer. I I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a gamer. I, I've I don't have a console. We have a we have a Super Nintendo classic thing for the kids. We went to Best Buy the other day and we played a Switch a little bit. We were looking at Mario Kart 8 on the mm-hmm. Switch. Are you talking? Holy moly. That's amazing. Ben has kept me abreast of things going on in the, in the video gaming world over the years. And I I really like and respect games for like the art of it and the gameplay of it. But it's just never been my it's thing. It's pretty amazing what they're doing these days. They're yeah. really very different from, you know, say the Atari of 1983. Five. <laughs> or the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I, f- I wanted to kind of roll games out real slowly for my kids, you know? Yeah. But I think we are considering a Switch. Um, I see, my niece and nephew have discovered Minecraft. They're crazy about it. Oh, well, we're, we were doing a lot of Minecraft, too. Yeah. Griffin built this crazy uh, TNT tower today to blow out the side of a mountain. He uh-huh. was like, look, if you stack the TNT up like this, like to the sky... And then stack it over here, and then you like make this fuse thing, and like 
he's like, look, I got to run. Show. I was like, yeah, yeah, you got to run. He's like, it may kill me. Right, let's give it a try. Um, and did he make it? It was good. He made it, and it blew out the side of the mountain, and there was lots of stuff there, so that was good. Okay. What are we doing? Are we podcasting here? Was that Matthew's minutia? Uh, anyway, super excited. Some of my very favorite podcasts are D and D. You know, just people playing D and D. Oh, is that right? There's like there's podcasts about a lot of, if you haven't played a lot of D and D, what people do realize there's a lot of improvisational comedy and acting involved in it. Oh, I see that make it really fun, oh. and it, it really lends itself to it becomes like a serialized fictional podcast, like a story that you're following. You know, as a listener. It's really fun. I haven't played D&D since, like, third, fourth grade. There's an old, there's a good, really well-established podcast called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. It's the kind of three, kind of, one of them lives here in Austin, but it's three kind of nerdy kids. They started out as just their, their kind of loose format is they're an advice podcast. Oh. So people, you know, write to them with advice. And they do their best to, you know, give it to them. Sure. But that's kind of just what they hang the, it's a lot of. A lot of them talking to each other, cracking oh, jokes. It's like us being a poetry exactly. podcast, right? And they they do one, they do a a role playing game podcast where it's the three of them and their dad playing, <laughs> and it's so it's so much fun, so funny. Okay, so we'll, well see. Maybe we can get maybe we can get a dad involved. <laughs> A dad? Yeah. Well, there would if it's me and Ben and you, there would be two there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's All right. right. Um. So what about that time change? I thought that the time change was no more, but I come to find out that that the law, like the law, is passed in the Senate but died in the House or something. You know I that? think I think at this point we're just quibbling on which time to stay on. I, I think everybody wants to do away with it. Yeah. But now there's going to be this great debate. This is going to be the thing that really divides the country. Finally, we need some division in this country. Yeah. Should we stay on daylight savings time? Or should we stay on standard time? And really, what the F is the difference? What I mean, I mean, I mean, are you, you like the, the difference is? Do you want a little more daylight in the evening or a little more daylight in the morning? Couldn't you just shift your life either way? Maybe. Uh, okay. No, I mean, which do I want? You can't more shift like kids the... going to school. I, I, okay, I so I personally like waking up in the dark if it's possible, and like getting ready in the dark. Yeah. Maybe even like walking out into like to my car in the dark. Yeah, and then having the sunrise as I'm yeah. attacking the day, I like yeah. feels good to me. But my brother and sister in law don't agree. They're like, it's just harder when you have to get kids together and you have to get everything. It's easier if the sun's up, you know. Well, everybody I, moves a little faster, and everybody like. Aren't the health experts saying something about? Uh, it's better for you to get the light in the morning. Maybe I don't know. I I I heard uh, I, I heard that there are health related benefits to one or the other. But I just think with like everybody's lives being so busy, having that extra 
time at the end of the day to do with whatever you want, you know, as opposed to, you know, when you wake up in the morning, there are just yeah. like a lot of things that you're supposed to be doing. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. You, so you, you're, know, fa- you're on daylight savings time. You like that. And you would like for us to stay there. Yeah, I okay. guess so. Okay. I'm trying to Saving decide daylight. <laughs> which is better. It's crazy. I, I heard it, it tied to the golf industry. Mm-hmm. The golf industry wanted golfers to be able to start around later in the evening. Interesting. And, you know, they say like farmers too. Or that's why, I mean, obviously it was farm related in the past. Yeah. and But I was heard like kids going to school. They wanted kids to not have to go to school in the dark. But then, you know, up north they'll be going home in the dark, you know, yeah. in the winter. So, yeah. no matter what, I don't know. Well, and there's also pretty significant differences on that within time zones. Sure. And then I saw a study about health-related outcomes of that stuff. Like if you're in the if you're in the part of the time zone where it gets dark earlier, like that's worse for all kinds of health outcomes. How do, how do they quantify any of that? Why do I, why do I believe anything I read? I have I have a proposal for you. Can just twice a year? Can we just move the clock back just so twice a year you get that extra hour of sleep? We just keep moving things, just like cycling backwards. Just go back and, and back. Go, maybe we're waking up in the middle of the night at some point, but that's fine because whatever it is, we know you can get used to it. Well, listen, can't we once a year just on Monday morning decide it's Friday afternoon? <laughs> and if we're being arbitrary about it, <laughs> that's gonna happen. That's kind of how it feels to me. Like, yeah, why, you know, what are we really doing here? Or, yeah, we're all collectively just deciding it's a different time. So that's, yeah. that's kind of a funny thing and a weird thing to do. It's a weird thing to think what about. What do you think, One Magical Nation? Are you a daylight saver? Or are you a daylight when spacer, waster? Well, yeah, they could, they could get at us. Profligate daylighter. They could get at us. Shaverhall at gmail.com? That sounds good. Yeah, shaperallgmail.com. Right? Yeah. Maybe through, our, through the Facebook page or through our Instagram. Actually, yeah, just DMing us through our Instagram. Our our website is down. At one magical right. hour. Our website is done. I don't... I'm still not... This, I'm sorry. This, at this guys, point, we've lost the website. No, I feel like I can get it back up again. It's just, okay. it's just slightly out of my technical knowledge. I'm confused, but I think... Okay. Well, I got an email the other day from Wix saying, like, we can help you with oh, this. Oh, maybe we can sit down with it. Okay. Don't get... We can't give up the URL. Keep paying for the no, name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, now we've come to a... We've come to a real crossroads. A real Sophie's Choice here. Should we do... Should we do, a, should we do News Cruise next? Or should we do a Matthew Have You Ever Wondered? Uh, I'm excited about that, Matthew. Have you ever let's wondered? Go, let's so. do that because the news crews could just take us. It could just be the worst segment of all. <laughs> Matthew, have you ever wondered, why is it called a dive bar? <sighs> Shafee, I have wondered about that. A dive bar. I just always assumed, like, it. it has a illustrative quality yeah right yeah i think you're on the right track okay 
Why don't you tell me about it? Uh, this is kind of what it, what it was in the back of my head too. Like the the kind of you know what we think of as a dive bar is you know, a certain kind of you know dingy place where you know local local ne'er do wells go to get away from the world, right? You're not talking about the front page. And they often well, that's the thing is the dive bars become to mean a few different things these days, but traditionally they would be down in the basements, and so you'd kind of be diving off the street down the stairs to get into the dive bar. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. In a, in an urban setting, yeah. like in New, New York, York, New York cities of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That is interesting. So that led me to. Do we need to bring up this wiki article? The Wikipedia for dive bar, which is, it's just, I would, I would highly recommend just going to it just because it's a fun little thing it's got like this awesome picture here of the merrymaker dive bar in california in, in uh los like ojos just a classic looking los osos. little like what we call an ice house here in texas and uh but if you scroll down there's the tr- yeah oh a not so tidy bathroom is <laughs> a, a not so tidy bathroom is a, a feature bar. what's wrong with that bathroom it's fine yeah it's, uh, it's better than mine Guthrie's Alley Cat in Bakersfield, California. <laughs> I think all of, it's funny that all of these dives are in Southern California. Huh. So good, fun little, uh, uh, a fun little diversion is to go to the Wikipedia on dive bar. I like that a lot. Should we name some dive bars in Austin, Texas? Some classic dives. Sure. You know, there's the Burnett Road Crawl here. Oh, you just hit the dive bars on Burnett well, Road? Well, there, there's, yeah. Because there's some good ones. Yeah, working at the beer distributor, there was the Burnett Road Crawl. And 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 some of them are like some of the f- most famous ones in, in town. There's the, there's the Poodle Dog Lounge. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go from I'll go from south to north. Okay. The Poodle Dog Lounge, La La's. La La's. Jenny's Little Longhorn. Yeah. Uh, technically, the common interest is on, common is interest. on that yeah. run. Buddies, buddies, yeah. Buddies is probably the diviest. Of that's them. that's very yeah. That's buddies a, is an ice house. I would a say very plain Jane bar. Like an ice house, and basically, then, is just like a pile of cinder blocks or even a trailer. And then and then like a bunch of wooden. Well, and then one you don't basically. know is uh, the one up here. What CLs or whatever? Sea hunts. Sea hunts. Chester Hunt was the geezer who was always there. And yeah, it, it's like off the road and and a very Spartan building, but that it opens all up. And then there was a great like arbor sort. There there were picnic tables, and they had built this thing, and vines grew on the thing, and cool. so it was all shaded. And then they would serve like buckets of beer. Yeah, that's kind of ice house. And there was too. always like a, a shafy. Why do they put ice in the urinal? To control the smell. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. The urinals were always... I, I would always be there early, like happy hour style. Yeah. And so, so they had the urinals were full of the of really great... Uh, Pellet ice? A great style of ice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Holiday Cocktail Lounge in West Village, New York City. Uh, Did that? Yeah, they would Yeah, have the... 
pellet ice in the urine on. That's Stefan, who's the old man who started that place like 70 years ago. Okay, so now are you going to name some NYC dives? Sure. Or we can also name some... We, there's still some east side dives we haven't named. Your, uh, and then there's yeah, kind of more contemporary stuff. Like I would very much call the White Horse a dive, even though it's a very hip place. But I mean, it's definitely you pee in a trough and it smells like vomit in there. Okay, you know, I've only <laughs> been there a couple times. Uh, even though that's a very, very in and popular place, the uh, Skylark Lounge is an awesome. Mm. Awesome dive, very much a dive, like yeah, like right. Problematic bathrooms there. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's upsetting that that's. What, oh, what, that reminds me of the hole in the wall. Yeah, <laughs> a classic dive. Yeah, very much a dive. UT yeah, campus. That's, that's even though that's a very beloved place, you know, and it's right there. And the it's so funny that it's right there in the middle of all of those. You know, the whole Guadalupe Strip used to be such a cool funky place to be you know it had the quacking bushes and the like weird you know re uh, left-wing bookstores and record stores those are all gone now for like j Cruz and starbucks except hole in the wall is just sitting there holding out <laughs> Hole in the wall is holding on i don't i don't know how for how much longer they they built like a you know there used to be just like a jack-in-the-box next to the hole in the wall and they on that property they built like a boutique hotel oh yeah in the moxie yeah <laughs> and it that it just rises vertically above the right side of the hole in the wall and you're just like oh boy that's really a contrast quite a juxtaposition there <laughs> um yeah shoot wait were you saying nyc bars yeah uh but, you, but then you said the Skylark Lounge. Yeah, we, you know, we kind of we're just we're banging around. So many, oh, so many good dive bars. Okay, like, okay. I haven't even gotten to Houston. Houston's got an amazing. Oh, where was that place you took me in Houston? Uh, it was probably Warren's Inn. Warren's Inn yeah. downtown. Yes. You know, or did we? We also went to. We probably would have gone to West Alabama Ice House too. Maybe so. TK Bitterman's. So many good ones. So many. Uh, like, more than you took you me to a couple of really cool places. We started listening to all the dive bars in Houston. We'd be here all night. Um, in fact, Alan Lomax's son, Alan Lomax, the famous guy who uh, who went around recording all of the Appalachian folk singers. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, and for, like, the Smithsonian or whatever, where, like, he made the, he went around you know, all like the blues guys. He's famous for the first half of the 20th century. Um, just running around and recording all of those guys. Uh, his son, who I believe his name is Alan Nova Lomax, wrote a book about dive bars in Houston. Kind of the same thing, like just collecting that weird, you know, huh. uh, stuff. But New York City... Holiday Cocktail Lounge was my favorite. That's Holiday Stefan, was the lounge. old German immigrant who opened that place. His son, Patrick, he and his son, Patrick, ran the place the whole time I was there. Um, they, like, they loved, like, that was a place where, you know, I could be just as, I could hoot and holler just as much as I want because they thought it was hilarious mm. and uh, would just, like, encourage it's not often that, you know, the proprietor of the place is encouraging you 
to go, you know, right, like completely at the, all the way. Yeah, like for instance, at the mongoose versus cobra, I got thrown out. <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, they always encouraged me to go. I was laughing the other day, like I would always have my birthday party there, and my friends would come in and they would buy they would want to buy me a drink, so they would just, you know, they would buy their drink and say, Oh, and you know, pack Schaefer up and give but they didn't like they didn't just have a way of tying it or anything. They would they would just pour it and it'd be sitting there. So it might be like there might be eight like, you know, be like, you know, heavy pour, like a three out eight three ounce shots of wild turkey sitting on the bar and I was just like, get it get to it when I can and they're just be sitting there lined up. Uh yeah, I remember one night and it just like me like doing push ups on First Avenue. Like <laughs> Stefan thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. So, he talked about that for years afterwards. Where's that located? Uh on First Avenue? It was either no, I think it was second. This was Second Avenue and uh like uh Well I'm looking it up. I wanna say maybe it was that fourth. uh Saint Mark's place? Did, yeah. Did it move? Yeah. It Yeah, but Saint Mark's place is also First Street, I think, or whatever, Second Street. So here's first Ave. Oh, eighth sec- Street. There second eighth. Ave and an eighth. Yeah, eighth and first Ave. Okay. Huh. There's photos. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that big wow. horseshoe bar. Wow. It, Boy, that is a classic divey look. Well, Holy and that's moly. way cleaned up too. Is it? Yeah, they didn't serve those fancy cocktails. Is that right? They definitely did not serve food. Times have changed. Yeah. It probably changed hands, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, Stefan passed away. Right. Um, But there's still a lot of... uh, I'm glad they kept some some of the details. Some classic details. That awning looks the same, yeah. They got a rolling rock in a picture. Well, I'm out. People don't drink Rolling Rock anymore. But the Four Face Liar was a great dive bar, too. Oh, yeah. Um, You worked at a classic dive. Abbey. The Abbey was our bar in Williamsburg. Also gone or changed hands or something. Oh, well, for that matter, I'd like to give a shout out to Finnegan's Wake in Coal Valley in San Francisco, California. That was your spot? That was my spot. Um, That was where I learned to love bloodies. we, I went to a birthday party in San Francisco, was meeting some people, met a guy who lived just above there, out up in that next neighborhood up from Coal Valley. And I, I asked him, I can't remember what it's called, something terrace. And I said, is Finnegan's Wake still there? And he was like, yeah, the neighborhood's been trying real hard to get rid of it. <laughs> sure they have. Fucking neighborhood. Yeah. Uh. T.K. Bitterman's in Houston was known for their Bloody Marys. That's T.K. Bitterman's. The, uh, I can't remember the places that you took me to for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, T.K. Bitterman's is in a house. They're in there, Alabama. No, I don't think it's... Oh, yeah. We, we went here with... Um, we did go here. This is where I met um, your buddy, Whitney. Oh, yeah. Marshall Whitney. Marshall Whitney. Yes, 
this is this is where we met them, I believe. Um, he and his wife, girlfriend at the time. Them is what I mean. Um, Great place. Yeah, Big. good time. I, you know, I just I, I did notice one thing in this uh, wiki article about dive bars that I just wanted to say on the podcast. Um, author Todd Dayton offers the following. Dive bars are like pornography. Hard to define, but you know it when you see it. <laughs> I don't think that the front page is a dive bar. No. Like, you know, except like, you know, there's definitely a thing where, you know, like locals are welcome and, you know, you kind of do things a certain way. So I think, you know, in that regard, that's something from diver culture that we have applied to the front page, you know, it is just like really the thing that sets us apart from most dive bars is the bathrooms much cleaner. Well, I was going to say that that's what I was coming to. You're in this common space facility. Yeah. Other people are taking care of the bathrooms. Yeah. If y'all were taking care of the bathrooms, it would be more diving. <laughs> I feel that weird. For sure. <laughs> Uh, y'all, y'all have this other thing that you're doing where you didn't come in and like decorate. You're letting time decorate the bar. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're letting all the bric-a-brac and the doodads and the, any, like a sporting event or somebody folds a crane or whatever. And you're just putting it up on the bar. I see what's going on there. It's good. I like it. I like it. Some people don't understand it. And, um. You know, those people can go to hell. And I'll go to... You well, heard it here, folks. Texas. Um, Matthew, have you ever wondered... That was a good one. What do you know about the rebranding of fish? You mean uh, the jam band? No. Oh. I mean the things that swim in the ocean. Oh, I don't know about the rebranding of fish. No, you don't? Is this going into... I feel like we're... I feel like Matthew ever wondered, and, and News Cruise is sort of blending together. Tell me. Uh, about this it. isn't really a News Cruise, though. This it's is just not? something that occurred to me today. Okay. That uh, I knew a little bit about, but I decided to look it up so I could learn a little more. So, what you're saying is there's fish and there's new fish? Well, they're, no, they're the same fish. Okay. They just, uh, for instance, the Chilean sea bass. Oh, right. You ever have a Chilean? That's a Patagonian toothfish. Patagonian toothfish. Yeah. All right, so you know a little bit about it. Uh, right, I, okay. I see what I you're saying. I was thinking about this earlier, and I thought it was funny. And I was wondering what else, what other fish have been rebranded? And It's, it's uh, funny because sea bass was like really popular for, a, for quite a while. You know, it was like yeah. on every menu. Yeah. And then, I'm, of course, we overfished it. I'm sure that's probably what happened. Yeah. Orange Ruffy was was that before. Orange Ruffy. You know what Orange Ruffy was? No. Used to be called? Is that just like a... Orange Ruffy was called Slimehead. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Really tough sell. Huh. Slimehead. But yeah, great, great fish. Yeah, the... Remember when we were young... Like in Lubbock, Texas, orange ruffy, that was a was fish on a menu a lot of times. Yeah. You don't see that hardly anywhere anymore. Is that true? I don't know. I, I, I That's, yeah, you, that has fallen out of fashion. For the sure. spotted sunfish, 
I've never had spotted sunfish before, apparently. Okay. Apparently, it's quite good. Uh, originally, was called a stump knocker. A stump knocker? Yeah. Mm. Which, because I guess they, uh, they like, feed off insects on fallen logs and stuff from uh, trees in the, in the lakes or whatever. Oh. So, they knock on stumps. Uh, this podcast knocks on stumps. I didn't know, like... Uh, I didn't know that the amberjack was renamed the rock salmon. There's amberjack in the Gulf Coast. I don't know why they would not, they would need to rename that one. <laughs> amberjack, I think, is a fine name. Listen, I, I called myself Rampage for a long time. You know, uh, monkfish used to be called goosefish. Uh, oh, that's the one that's not. It's not, know, a, it's not terrible. Isn't that a hideous looking fish? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm showing you a picture of a monkfish right now. Oh, the Atlantic wolffish. If you're not sure whether monkfish is a hideous looking fish, uh, that there it is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it really is frightening. Okay. Uh, deep sea fish is that's the ruffy and the pilchards. Pilchards <laughs> were renamed Cornish sardines. Oh, I like that. I've never had a Cornish pilchards. sardine. That sounds delightful. I wouldn't want a pilchard, either blackened or fried. Now, interesting thing to go the other direction. PETA, people for the ethical treatment of sand of, of animals, has tried to go the opposite direction and trying to rebrand it so people won't eat them and they want to, they don't want to call them fish anymore. They want to start calling them sea kittens. Oh, <laughs> so people, that's smart. So people won't eat them. Yeah. Now, how about there's a. Wow, that, that says a lot about the power of words. There's, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then the Asian carp. They're trying to rebrand that one so people will eat it, which, like, I just think think of carp as a, a, fish, as a, a very fish, bony fish. A fish you don't eat. Yeah, a fish. And, but you can, you know, really, you can eat any. Uh, it's more savory than tilapia, cleaner tasting than catfish, and firmer than cod. It's perfect for creativity. Pan-fried, steamed, broiled, baked, roasted, or grilled. Wait, what's that? That's kopi. C O P I, Kopi. What are we Which is what it? they rebranded, rebranded Asian carp. Asian carp, Kopi, huh? Kopi. Now, <laughs> boy, I mean, what, words. That's like a placebo. What do you, what do you call a? Is it a, not a crustacean? Um, what do you call it? You know that, uh, that animal that. Attaches itself to rocks, barnacles, and has black spikes that go out every a direction. Sea urchin. Sea urchin. Do you know what, what sea what, urchins what are about were called them? before what? they were renamed? What? <laughs> God. They were called. Is it racist? Whore's eggs. <laughs> whore's eggs. Whore's eggs. Oh man. Uh. That reminds me of. I used to say horse shit a lot. Uh-huh. And I said that around my Spanish friend Kiko. And he was like, 
This is so horrible. Why are you saying horse shit? <laughs> is that like the shit of a whore? <laughs> and I was like, no, wait, wait, no, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a story. Why do you keep saying that horse shit? I've got, I've got a story in the similar, the Russian, a uh, Russian gal, one of our. Friends in politics was dating a Russian gal, and we were all having dinner one night. And I was watching Renee talk to this woman, and suddenly her eyes got huge, and she she said, "What? No!" Like I didn't find out later. I was really curious, like what could possibly have scandalized Renee so much? You know, she's very much a woman of the world, yeah, and. Uh, so I was Emery. very much excited to hear what how this conversation went afterwards. Apparently, this Russian lady turned, turned to her and said, do you ever shit on your boyfriend? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. said, no, I definitely, definitely don't do that. And uh, apparently, it wasn't actually a, a scatological thing. It was, oh, she was just, asking, do you, just talk shit. are you unfaithful? Oh. Do you ever cheat on your boyfriend? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is why international incidents occur. Because you know, there's misunderstandings. <laughs> Dickie and I wow. still say that to each other every now and then. Really boyfriend. make each other laugh. Do you ever shit on your boyfriend? <laughs> God. It's... Things scatological, yeah. they can get confusing. Well, we've got a word for that. It's a, it's a Cleveland steamer, right? Did you ever. Uh huh. Or a hot Carl? Did we tell you the story? Adam's uh, Adam's been getting a lot of mileage out of it. Um, the other day, Adam and I were working together. You know, on Saturdays we bartend together at, yep. the, fr- at the front page. Really fun. Yeah, uh, it's my favorite. Almost a dive bar. And we, uh, you know, we talk a lot about just, you know this and that. And there was, you know. There was some confusion over something. And he said, you know, Schaefer, my brain just doesn't work like that. He said, I'm not scatological like that. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I beg your pardon? Oh, no, he said, I am. He said, I'm very scatological. Oh. He didn't say I'm not. He said, I'm very scatological. Uh, okay. And what he meant was his brain kind of looks at things in a scattered way, kind of randomly. Uh, and I was uh, like, okay. That is not what that means. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad you. I, explained, I like, through my giggles, I explained to him what it means, and then he burst out laughing. And we, <laughs> so we had a lot of fun telling people that story all day long. And then I saw him again a week later. He's like, "Man, that story is just the gift that keeps on giving." He's like, "I was telling my boss that, you know, the other day, and my boss was like." No, that's what it is. Like categories, right? <laughs> it's oh, like, dear. no. It's like, wait, don't Google it, but look it up. Shit. Categories, if you think about it from that context, becomes a very different game. Sure. <laughs> sure. Do you ever shit on your boyfriend? Oh, the hijinks. Hijinks with words. Look, speaking of hijinks with words, we got a news cruise. I mean, I don't know if this is like an official news cruise, but it's from the news. I'm excited to see this. This is uh, interesting content. Yeah, for us, definitely. 
Twitter okay, this users, is from the BBC. You know, I love to pull from the BBC. Yeah. Say it. Twitter uses jumping to Mastodon. But what is it? Well, if you were a fan of One Magical Hour, Matthew and Shaper podcast spectacular, you would know exactly what Mastodon is. You, or you'd kind of know. Well, if you're a completionist. I bet, and I still kind of only half know. I bet Nicholas knows. Nicholas, yeah. Um, uh, Ellen and my dad. It, Mastodon is an alternative social media site. Yeah, it was when we were when we were just starting up. Like I didn't, I wasn't dying to mess around with Facebook. Yeah, because I don't really play in that space anymore. Right. Um, Except for, or at all. And I just like when I have like I know like I have it set up so the Instagram feed, both for the podcast and for the bar, goes straight to the Facebook, and right. I just don't even right. I don't even look at it. Right. Um, but it's on there, and uh, so we had read that Adam Curry who was an early proponent, he's an MTV VJ, who was an early proponent of podcasts. He's the podfather. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, ori- the original he podcast pod- guy. He, I think he coined podcasts. Maybe that's right. Uh-huh. Uh, he was all in on this new service, Mastodon. So we actually even signed up for it. Um, oh, you haven't been conducting a vibrant Mastodon no, one magical hour presence? No. I. <laughs> How dare you? Pull it up and let's see if we can look ourselves let's see if we can up. Look ourselves up. Decentralized social media, social networking that's not for sale. Okay, this is what we want, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to like, download an app. Yeah, of course you have to download that. Yeah, I'll do it on my phone if you want to not do. Well, we don't have to do it right. I mean, what? Wait, what? You're going to, like, go on Mastodon right now? I was going to get on Mastodon and see if I can find us on there. Hmm. So you put up a page at some point? I think I well, did. Well, this article is saying that yeah. under the bonnet, it works in a different way. This is the BBC. Oh, right. Looking, um, taking a look and that's one of the reasons that it's, it's attracting fresh users, but it has caused some confusion in new people signing up. The platform is six years old, but its current activity is unprecedented, and it's struggling under the weight of new users. Wow. Well, that's exciting. The first thing you do, the first thing you have to do when you sign up is choose a server. There are loads of them. They're all themed, many by country, city, or interest, like UK, social, technology, gaming, so on. It doesn't hugely matter which one you're on because you will be able to follow users on all the others anyway. But it gives you a starting community of people whom you are more likely to post things you are interested in as well. Some of the popular ones, such as social in UK, are currently ruining, are running very slowly because of demand. Oh, well, that's not good. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a podcast server. I mean, it does seem like this is all about the wake of elon musk buying twitter yeah there's gonna there's gonna arise something better freer fewer ads not controlled by an algorithm right that shows you stuff you said and your phone heard you say right because that seems like what's going on (laughs) on regular social media right yeah you say something aloud and then your phone hears you, and then you get ads for it <laughs> on social media. 
cat litter, kitty litter. We sure could use more kitty litter on this show. Shafee, and then Shafee uh, litter seeing, immediately. I'm going to be seeing ads for that, but uh, anyway, I just I brought this article to your attention because you had brought Mastodon to my attention and the yeah. attention of the One Magical Nation, the One Magical Universe. That's really Mastodon all. Mastodon party. Are you you're still looking for us on there? Well, I I didn't have to pick a server last time. Feedback. At one magical hour. Um, what is her? Oh, yeah. You're trying to log into Mastodon? Yeah. You made a vamp? I know this is good. Great. Uh, I just wanted to tell everybody out there that um, I've kind of been wanting the podcast to start sucking so that I can like just quit and just take it off my plate. But, but it just keeps getting better. <laughs> I we're getting, we're getting better in spite of ourselves. I can't seem to log on. All right. I'm going to create a new, I'm going to create a new... Uh, Join us on episode 155, where <laughs> where hour. we really roll out one magical hour on Mastodon. We begin the Mastodon era. I like that it's called Mastodon. I think Mastodons are cool. It's, I mean, that's a great name. I think the band Mastodon concept. is cool. I like anything alternative. Uh, like Nirvana. Nirvana, yeah. Anything subversive, like Adam Curry. Do you have a poem for us? Did you know that John Denver was the poet laureate of Colorado? I did not did not know that. Yeah. You know who the poet laureate of Colorado should be? Ada Lamone. Summer Browning. Oh. Oh yeah. How was uh how was Summer's reading? It was excellent. Super good. I should have brought a copy of the book. Wait, are you gonna read us a summer poem? Yeah, I'm gonna definitely not like the season, your friend. <laughs> Tuesday poem number 285. Summer Browning. I thought it was Sunday. I smoke so rarely now that when I light one, I feel like I'm letting Paul put his hand down my pants on the train tracks. The long corridor my house makes when I come home a word that rhymes with known, the hammered man holding the trashed woman, inarticulating love, walking through a gas leak, coming into oncoming traffic. I wake up sobbing as if I were married, so fat I was skinny, I was fat. Your dick friend calling your other dick friend a dick, a beat poem, if the beats were men. I've only heard a couple of her poems, but they have this visceral quality. They definitely do, yeah. Like, like an immediacy to them and a familiarity. 
I don't know. She's great, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And definitely very intense ideas presented very conversationally. I love that. That sounds like the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Amazing reading by Summer. Thanks so much to her for coming down and seeing us here and reading at the front page. Definitely, you're welcome back anytime, Summer. Maybe we should get her on the show to chat about her work. Yeah, it feels sometime. all of a sudden it feels like we have people. We haven't done a an interview in a while. We haven't really had any guests in a while. Maybe that's time. We're to gonna have. I feel like we're gonna have a spate. Reopen that Pandora's box. Yeah. I know Dick requested. You know, there's the sequel to Avatar is coming out. There was a legendary day in New York City when Alex Battles, for Alex Battles' 40th birthday, what he wanted to do was take psychedelic mushrooms and go see Avatar. So I arranged to get the mushrooms. Alex and I ate them. And Lucas came along. He was our, you know, our sober spirit guide to lead us through. Yeah, you gotta have a minder. (laughs) We went to the Union Square movie theater. You know, one of those a big, like, 12-screen movie theater in the center of Manhattan to go see uh, Avatar. And I won't I won't give away. Is Alex older than us? Yeah. Okay. Won't give away what happened that, after that. that timeline. We, there's another guest that needs to be returned yeah, to so, prominence on the show. So Dick said that with the coming of Avatar 2, we should really get that story down for posterity. Yeah. Have both Alex and Lucas on the show to uh, yeah, and then talk about do different. that thing again. <laughs> do the thing. <laughs> and record it for the podcast. Thank you so much, all of One Magical Nation. We love each and every we one of you. We love you all. Keep listening or not. Whatever. We don't care. No, no, wait, no, no, no. That's of course, not, we care. We care immensely. We're not gonna, we're not gonna ram our heads against the wall if we lose a lose a listener here and there because we're always gaining them too. They'll be back. Yeah. All right. Uh, and the poor, the choices. The sweet of the wine. Some nights you're struggling with indecision. Some nights you know just where the answer lies Some nights you think you may have found religion Some nights you're lost beneath an empty sky Comes a warm night and the air just flows The sun goes down and the street lights glow And you step right up and you just let go Things just come alive and now you talk in the drive Sometimes it's just alright It's alright
to just go around.